Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. We are here for our 156th episode here of the Talk That Talk Show and like I said, the the ability to come out here each and every week is something that I hold near and dear to, to my heart. You know, I look forward to, you know, coming out here and recording this episode with you guys each week. You know, talking to different people about what my show's about and, you know, seeing, you know, regular people like Wilson Cody and Robert Brantley on our Facebook live stream. Shout out to my boy Brian Spawn who says, talk that talk. Um, Robert Brantley also says, what's up, Barry Buckets? But, you know, I, I'm just so happy to come here on a Friday night. Um, the last two weeks that we've aired the Talk That Talk show, we've had to go on days outside of the normal Friday. But, you know, I was happy because, like I said, I was able to go out and do some other ventures and, you know, do things to make myself happy. But, you know, it's also very happy to come back and, and come here on a Friday night and share you guys our customary time of the Talk That Talk show. Uh, big shout out also to my boy Ozzy Woes on the uh, Instagram stream as well. But, you know, I think first and foremost, before I start this show off, you know, I got to talk about something very, very important. We've had some Yankee fans that have tried to say, oh, they're all, this is the same old Mets. You know, they always do well in May. The May Warriors give them the, the trophy in May. And, you know, a lot of people are going to try and hate on, you know, the success when you haven't seen your team do as well. But let me tell you this. The New York Mets are the best team in baseball right now. You know, they've been winning every single series aside from the split with the Braves. And, you know, this Mets team, you know, you got to start to believe in what they're doing each and every day. Um, you know, I think, you know, the whole phrase, you got to believe, you know, it's something that every Mets fan has to understand why it's our motto because, you know, for most of our time as Mets fans, we've been through despair. You know, we've had the electricity. We've had the, you know, the... Um, you know, the, how can I say, when, when, when you get over those doubts or when you overcome, you know, those boundaries that were in your way and, you know, you see your team succeed, you know, I think that that's, you know, things that's happened, you know, too far in between. You know, I remember my last playoff game with my pops being back in 2014 with my uncle as well, too. And, you know, that was a very special time in November when, you know, we were cold, but we were huddling together because we were so happy to be, you know, watching the Mets in the playoffs. And, you know, I, have, I haven't had that chance since 2014 to go see my team play. Um, you know, I know they played in a wild card game last and lost in the playoffs. So, you know, when I see the success, and I think this is very um, – easy for Mets fans to get, you know, hype about um, when we haven't seen the success in so long. But, you know, I think it's so easy for us to think about the playoffs. And sometimes people say, hey, pump the brakes. It's early in the season. But the Mets and what they've been doing, especially with the win yesterday, and this is why I say this, you know, in the times past or in seasons past with the Mets, if they were down by five runs by the sixth inning, you know, you might turn that game off to go watch, you know, a TV show or, you know, watch the NHL playoffs or something else because you thought that game was over. But, you know, something within me when I was in the bowling alley was like, I'm still going to watch this game, man. Um, and sure enough, you know, when in watching the game, you know, you start to see them chip away in the ninth. 
you know, walk here, hit there, and you're like, oh, shit, I think they got a chance. And then finally, when Sterling Marte, you know, got that hit, I thought it was a home run at first, but when he hit that, you know, that double off the wall, you know, everybody that was a Mets fan in the in the alley started going nuts because, you know, we came back down, I think, 7-1 against them to beat the Phillies 8-7. to And I think the biggest thing with that is not only to beat them, but to beat a team that did that so devastatingly to us, you know, I think it was it might have been either uh, Seth Lugo or Trevor May when we were playing the Phillies last that gave up the lead late in the game to have us lose to a you know a game t- uh, game advancing hit by Didi Gregorius. But you know to get that game back where we kind of gave it away, we should have swept the Phillies that first series. But, you know, to get that game back where you take it from them in the ninth inning, you know, go come back down from six runs, you know, that does so much for your team mentally. And especially, we got to give so much credit. You know, I remember my dad and my uncle had asked me, you know, so long back, back when the first thing happened with, um, you know, Carlos Beltran and where he couldn't be uh, the manager. They had asked me, you know, who would be somebody that you would want to manage? And I said, you know, very, you know, distinctly, I wanted somebody that had experience, someone who has done the job before, because, you know, with the last three, four managers that they had, aside from, you know, Terry Collins, nobody really had managerial experience. And I think that's what the biggest key here with having Buck Showalter is he has the Mets, you know, playing uh, small ball as well, too. You know, a lot of the teams in the past have been centered around the home run, but the Mets have been manufacturing runs, whether it's been Brandon Nimmo, you know, gra- uh, beating out ground ball for hits, you know, whether it's, you know, guys being patient at the plate. You know, what we've seen is there's more often times than not than the Mets have runners in scoring position, man. And, you know, like I said before, I brought up Sterling Marte, who I think was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then also, I think a big thing as to why, you know, the Mets' bats also started to heat up a little bit more, too, was, you know, seeing Robinson Cano, a guy who's owed so much money on that roster, and they cut him like yesterday's news, you know, and I think that that was huge because in the past, especially when you make a bad investment, you know, you want to you want to keep putting it out there, keep thinking, oh, he'll come around, oh, he'll come around, yeah, he will, but... You know, after a while, you got to start to think that, damn, this guy's wasting a, a roster spot. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, how could I say, you know, for them to take a statement, the Mets, talking about the Mets uh, front office, for them to make a statement and say, hey, even though we owe this guy 20-something million dollars, he's not worth a roster spot, and we are trying to win. And with them making that statement saying, you know, we're going out here to win games, I think that that's something that every Mets fan, you know, across the country has been waiting to see from this franchise, man, is make a concerted effort towards winning. You know, I think that at times, you know, in these metropolitan cities, you know, too often, you know, just selling tickets or just selling out, you know, that becomes comfortable for these teams rather than actually winning games and winning series. And what we've seen from the Mets is we have not only hope, but you have a concrete vision at where we can go with this team. And, you know, I think that the sky's the limit, man. Um, Definitely Trevor May, you know, going on the injury list. You know, I think that that helps this team out a lot because, you know, in the time that he was in the game, his confidence was absolutely rattled. I've seen him give up stuff on the road. I've seen him give it up in the stadium. 
you know, the, the bullpen ultimately is probably the biggest weakness that I do see in this Mets team because, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was a highlight. We were talking about just how well the, the ERA was under, and now we've seen that, you know, with the Mets, you know, having won games and getting this pressure on themselves, it's a lot harder when you have the target on your back. And, you know, these Mets relievers are going to have to go out there and close games because, you know, when you have starting pitchers like Cookie Carrasco, who's going long into games, or you have a Tawan Walker who gets a no decision after no hitting, or I mean, you know, uh, having the other team only get two hits and you give up the game for him, you know, that just looks so bad on your bullpen, man. And, you know, we can get by on this in May and in June, maybe even July. But when it comes down to the pennant race at the end of the season and these games really start to matter, I really want to see what the Mets are going to do with that bullpen, man. But, you know, moving out from baseball, because, you know, I could talk about Mets all day. But, you know, something that I know we're always excited about at the end of the week is, you know, do we got any fights coming up? Now, I know that that's, you know, always have the debate about UFC and boxing, which one's better. And at the end of the day, you know, we've had more UFC quality fights over this last decade or so than we have had quality boxing fights. And I think that this weekend is a telltale of, you know, kind of where we are as far as the sport of boxing and as the sport of MMA. Because here we have, you know, the UFC, which is so well, you know, organized. We may say shit about Dana White or whatever, but, you know, there's no ducking in UFC. You know, the best guys fight the best guys. And I think that in boxing, and I've said this before, you know, it's always like a carousel of who can we, you know, make the profitable fights for and who can we make our fighter look the best against rather than making these fighters fight the best guys. And, you know, I think, again, this weekend is a huge tell of that because here we have Canelo Alvarez and he's going up against Dimitri Bavol. And I think the toughest thing about it is we, we think, who is Dimitri Demol? You know what I'm saying? Who is this guy? Bavol has been someone who's you know had his type of acclaim within his boxing realm. But we want to see Canelo fight up against a big-name guy. And it just sucks that you know Canelo has done so much devastation within the division. The last fight against Caleb Plant was quite possibly his biggest fight since maybe the Floyd Mayweather fight in a guy where, you know, Caleb Plant was undefeated. He was, you know, the people's champ at the time and fought a pretty good fight against Canelo. But, you know, again, I don't know what this guy Dimitri Bavall is going to do. I don't want to sit here and bullshit you guys like I know who the fuck this guy is. But he's fighting against Canelo, and Canelo is fighting on the Cinco de, Na de Mayo weekend, which is oftentimes reserved for the best boxer the best boxer always fights on Cinco de Mayo weekend and here we have Canelo Alvarez who's on that platform fighting a guy who we don't even know who he is and that's what sucks about boxing you know I'm so excited to see Canelo I'm so excited to you know every time we get a chance to see one of the best boxers of our generation fight it's almost like the same level, not just, not quite, but it's almost like the same level as a Mike Tyson because, you know, Mike Tyson, we always wanted to see a knockout. And with Canelo, you know, it's more uh, an appreciation for those boxing purists out there, you know. But, you know, I, I hope we do see a good fight. 
I think that Canelo is going to go out here trying to make a statement. A lot of people thought that he let Caleb Plant, you know, linger around too long. You know, I think Canelo is going to really go out trying to knock this guy Bavol's, you know, head off. And I'm and I'm calling a fifth round KO. Uh, originally, I had sixth round, but you know, after thinking about it a little bit more, you know, Can Canelo's going to come out there. And I think one of the most underrated things about him is that that right hook body shot. You know, he will absolutely take the air out of your lungs with one of those body shots. And you know, with him being such a counter puncher as well, too, you know, it's real hard to get any type of significant shots on Canelo so you know if Bavol has any chance of trying to you know beat this guy he's gotta gotta go in there and try and fight a little bit tight it's gonna be dangerous he's gonna get knocked around but you know Bavol has to walk through the fire because that's where Caleb Plant you know had his success but you know another thing that I'm really disappointed about here in the UFC is you know our title fight that we have coming up with Charles Oliveira you know it's tough, man, when you see that he gets stripped of his belt because the dude can't make weight. You know, he was a half a pound off coming in at 155.5, and they gave him an hour, and he still couldn't cut the weight. And, you know, I think that aside from him not making weight and getting stripped of the belt, it just brings a bigger issue of, you know, these athletes that get to the top stage. You know, when they get to this place that they've been constantly trying to get to and grind to and try and, you know, grab at for how long. And then when you get to that point, you fumble the bag. And, you know, Charles Oliveira, you know, had a very big chance this weekend to kind of solidify himself as one of the up name and up and coming stars. You know, this is the sport is predominantly a lot of the attention is around, you know, your top guys like Naganu, um, like, you know, Usman, um, you know, even Thug Rose, you know, the people that are champions, you know, and I think that, you know, for a guy in Charles Oliveira who won in a fight where you know, he was getting, you know, beat up a little bit too. You know, we were all looking for that definitive finish or that definitive win for here at Charles Oliveira. And even if he wins it this, you know, week, he still won't get the belt, you know, against Justin Gaethje. But, you know, make no mistakes, even though he's not going to win a belt, the guy's still going to be fighting for his life. And, you know, Justin Gaethje is no slouch. I mean, I know he's lost to Khabib, you know, and he's lost some tough matches as well too. But... You know, Justin Gaethje is no slouch. The guy can fight. He's a scrapper. They call him a highlight for a reason. And, you know, coming into it, I, I you know, my heart wants to go with Justin. My heart wants to, you know, it wants to say, hey, this guy's come out. He still has a chance to win the belt. He might be motivated to do so and go out there and get the dub. But, you know, I've said this before to Darius and to some of my other MMA fans, but I truly believe that Charles Oliveira is a special talent in that we've seen a guy who can really, you know, take you out from so many different angles. I don't want to bring up Khabib because he's nowhere near in comparison to Khabib. But what I've seen is the versatility and the skill set from Charles that kind of tells you that I don't know if I would pick a prop bet for him to knock him out. He could very well submit the guy. He could win a decision. We've seen Charles Oliveira in the high, like the highest level in the biggest stages, in the biggest fights, and come out and win in various different ways. And that is peligroso, which means very dangerous. You know what I'm saying? And I think that Charles Oliveira comes out on top again. But I think the big fight that a lot of, you know, hype is going to surround 
is this Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson fight. And guys, if you don't understand why, you know, you have to really look a little bit more into the MMA. But, you know, you have a guy, Michael Chandler, who's lost two really tough fights, one of them being one of the top fights of the year, potentially. And, you know, coming into the the MMA scene or the UFC scene, you know, with a lot of hype coming from another promotion. But, um, you know, he comes out, you know, beats a guy. I think it was Dan Hooker, I believe. And then has two tough losses. So, you know, he's kind of like at that bridge point of, you know, what type of fighter is this guy, you know? Because he's lost two in a row. You can't win three because, you know, that's almost like a death sentence in Dana land. But um, you also have Tony Ferguson, who's a beloved fighter on the circuit. But what we've seen from Dana is no nonsense. If you're not winning fights, if you're not active, you are going to get cut from the promotion. And I really see this as a potential, you know, fight or flight night, man. Um, one of these guys probably will not be on the promotion in the next coming months. I promise you that. But, you know, Tony Ferguson is such a, a, a tough dude, man. And the fights that we've seen is, have just been absolute slugfest. So I think that we're in for a big one, especially in Michael Chandler, who in our three fights has shown absolutely zero fear whatsoever. So, you know, I know we got a title fight. Well... A vacated title fight with Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. But we do have, like I said, that big fight between Tony Ferguson <coughs> and Michael Chandler. But, you know, one of the things that, aside from fights, you know, aside from the success from the Mets that I'm super excited about, and it's it's kind of apropos because we got Terrence Brown here watching on our Facebook Live. Big shout out to you. But, um, you know, I'm so excited for the opportunities that are coming up within bowling in these next couple weeks. You know, I talked before about, you know, going to nationals for the first time. And I'm just really excited to, you know, test out the waters. You know, I think the UBA, you know, with being a travel league and getting a different chance to go to different bowling alleys, it's really given me some depth to my game and um, tested, you know, the the awareness of what's going on throughout the course of a bowling game and how I can make those adjustments and, you know, different, you know, tournaments as well too, whether we've won them or haven't, you know, I've still tried to, you know, put my best foot forward. And I think one of the biggest steps towards going to nationals um, was the New Jersey state tournament, which we'll be bowling in tomorrow uh, at Majestic. And yeah, I'm definitely a little nervous. You know, I'm excited to again, bowl with Terrence, Vincent, Lenny, my brother, you know, it's always fun to bowl with people that you really enjoy, you know, hanging out with. But, you know, we all know the challenge that's at hand. You know, I've seen, you know, the greatest of bowlers struggle at the New Jersey State Tournament. You know, I've seen my own struggles at the New Jersey State Tournament. But, you know, I just, I'm confident in the, the work that I've put in throughout this season. Big shout out to my boy Eli Wells on our um, Instagram live stream. Big shout out to my boy Tim Sicoria on our Facebook live stream. But, you know, I've put in the work. You know, I've put in the reps in league. And, you know, I think that, you know, I've said before about, you know, it's very important to go out there and take risks. It's, go it's so important to go out and challenge yourself and see exactly where you are. Because, you know, our mind thinks so many different things. And at times, it can be the biggest factor of why we may be removed from reality of what the situations are. So, 
you know, to go out there and to have a week leading up to the New Jersey State Tournament that I had. And, you know, each, you know, week meant something. Or each one of these days this week, you know, Tuesday, you know, was big for us because we were bowling against, you know, David Lee and my boy Russ Ryman. And uh, he joked because he was like, oh, I don't know why I was, you know, poking the bear, why I was talking shit. Because, um, you know, he called me up in the morning and goes, yo, we got your ass tonight. You know, I got something for you. And, you know, that kind of just lit a fuel under my fire, man. I was like, ain't no way I'm going to let this motherfucker come out here and talk shit and try and beat me on such an illustrious night and something that meant so much. And, you know, I love the friendly competition as well, too. But, you know, when you have somebody that, you know, goes out and, you know, try and, you know, takes you out of your game by talking a little junk, you know, it definitely motivates you. And I'm just so happy that, you know, at times in this season, you know, I've put the work in and haven't exactly gotten the results. And I think that's the toughest thing when you have a team sport or even an individual sport where you're having the frustrations of not exactly being where you want to be. And you still have to go out there and perform at a high level. And that's what makes professionals that we watch on TV, you know, just so good at what they do because, you know, they have their jobs on the line. And I'm bowling, you know, obviously for money, but, you know, my job's not on the line for it. And I think that at times we're a little hard on these athletes. But, you know, for me, being in a situation of do or die in bowling, you know, it's 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 definitely been stressful, but um, you know, I came into that Tuesday night matchup, you know, nervous but definitely excited. Um, last time I bowled them, you know, they beat us and the guy shot three hundred on me. So you know, those nerves were definitely there. But you know, if you're not nervous about something, it, it means you don't care as much, you know. And I think that you know those nerves helped me to go out there and perform at a high level. And you know, our team wound up winning sixteen out of 20 points, no, 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 excuse me, we won 14 out of 20 points to then take first place uh, in the league for the first time since I think last time was like 2019, Um, so pre-pandemic. So, you know, my dad had, you know, congratulated us, you know, at the bar, and the first thing that I said to him was, you know, job not done yet because um, I truly believe that, you know, at times, we talked about just with Charles Oliveira before about when people get to this highest stage, they get to the point of where they have success and then, you know, they let those outside factors, they let things, you know, stand in their way of delivering and something so as simple as making weight for this guy is something he couldn't do. And I just don't want to get to the top you know, place that we are in first place and, and waste an opportunity like that. So, you know, just as, you know, nervous as I was in that week, I still come into this, you know, next Tuesday, you know, very nervous and uh, at the same time very excited. The guys that we're bowling against, uh, big shout to Terrence Brown and Vincent Booker. Um, you know, we had Vinny on the show before, but, you know, they're two very good friends of mine. We've bowled in the summertime together. And we're actually bowling in the New Jersey State Tournament together. And then we have to turn around and bowl each other for first place. And I think that that's something that is really dope about the sport of bowling is that, you know, you really have an opportunity, even though you're not on television with some of the big name guys, but you still have an opportunity to go out there and compete at a high level and win not only money, but just bragging rights, man. I think that um, just... Competition in general is something that, 
you know, fuels us as human beings, you know, whether you're, you know, fake counting down three, two, one on a shot into your garbage can or, you know, playing video games with your buds, you know, or whether you're playing a board game with your kids or anything like that. You know, there's always that competitive nature and competition is the thing that makes games fun, you know, competing. Um, and I think that bowling, you know, has given me that that boost of competition that I've needed, man. And, you know, at times the learning lessons have been the, the motivating factors, but to have a situation where we're bowling for, you know, to clinch for first place next week, you know, it's the ultimate motivation. And um, especially where this is, you know, potentially, you know, the last one of the last seasons I'm going to have bowling with my brother since he's moving away. You know, this definitely means a lot more than it, than any other match. You know, I've taken first place in leagues before. You know, I've hit game-winning shots in high school. Um, I, I've, I've had a lot of success, you know, as an athlete. But, you know, coming into this Tuesday, you know, this would potentially be one of the greatest accomplishments for me as an athlete to go out there, you know, with such steep competition. You know, you're bowling up against Hall of Famers. Um, professional bowlers that used to bowl on tour. Um, you know, we got Hawks sixty-eight sixty who says competition is the best drug. It is, man, and it's such a positive drug. You know what I'm saying? I think that you know that competition is is really what motivates a lot of us to get to places that we as human beings didn't think we could go. And I didn't think at the beginning of this season, bowling how I was that I'd be sitting here with you guys uh, May, you know, single day mile weekend with an opportunity to clinch first place. And then, you know, on Wednesday, and I say this again because another accomplishment that I'm really excited about too is the fact that, you know, this Wednesday night team, I said before, we've had struggles. You know, we didn't exactly have the, uh, the finish that we wanted as competitors. But, um... The big thing for us was we wanted to really, you know, end this season on the right note. And, you know, us as a team, the last two months, we really kicked up. And if there was maybe two more weeks to the season, we were only 16 points out of uh, second place. And if we would have had a little bit more time, we could have maybe made that surge because, you know, nobody wanted to bowl us towards the end of the season. But, um, you know, I think the good thing about, again, with competition is the fact that, you know, not only do you get that gratification from winning, but you also get, you know, that sense of accountability in the goals that you make to achieve, you know. And I think one of the most best things that happened from us, you know, sweeping last night against a team that we were rivals against, they like to talk trash. The guy, you know, it, it got to the point where we all threw $5 up at the end for high game because, you know, nobody wanted to lose that bad, but, you know, competition is, is huge there. And, you know, for our team who had been fighting from the basement, you know, fight, you know, we had every chance to quit, you know, every chance to say, ah, man, we're, we're at the bottom anyway. Why the fuck do we care? You know, you've seen so many times where, you know, when you're beating somebody so bad, they start to make the excuses. Oh, I'm not even trying anymore. How many times have we heard that, right? But uh, when you take someone's heart, you know, it's it's the one of the greatest feelings in competition. And we just didn't want anyone to do that to us and take our heart. And, you know, to go from 17th, 18th place 
to go up in the top 10 and finish in ninth. You know, that was huge for us. And then even on Thursday night, last night, where a team took 15 from us the week prior, and we come out there and we absolutely smack the doors off of them and we sweep them to win 22. You know, it's every – the that this whole week, again – has been a culmination of building my confidence and building it up to go and test myself at one of the highest stages. So, you know, really, I, I say this all to say, guys, is that, you know, in your life, you know, it's going to be easy to stay comfortable and it's easy to keep doing what we know we're successful at, right? But, you know, you also have to go out there and test yourself because at the end of the day, if you don't test yourself, there's no way of knowing how much better you could do. You might find out that you're a lot better than what you think you are. And the progress to get to that point is something that I never take for granted and I appreciate the most. And to have people like Joel, who's in the middle of bowling his set, and he comes up to us, me and my brother, and says, hey, you know, I've seen you guys really got better over this year. You know, that shit really means something because, you know, whether you like it or not, people are always going to be watching what you do. And, you know, he had every reason to watch his own fucking ball because, you know, he's bowling for money too. But, you know, he's has his attention on what we're doing. And, you know, for him to compliment us in a way of saying, like, hey, you guys have really been doing well. You're balling out. Like, I see the improvement. You know, it's further validation of why you have to continue to go out there and get better and desire to get better and put those goals out there because, you know, if you don't push yourself, there's no telling of where you could potentially go. And what I've really done is I've pushed myself here in the hat game and, you know, the respect that's been given to me as Catmaster B, you know, from the West Coast, from, you know, the South, you know, all across the country. Um, you know, I appreciate everyone in the hat world that's, you know, gotten me to the point where I've been at. And I just really enjoy hats, man. Um, this one right here is the Danville 97s. It's going to be dropping at my fittings tomorrow. Wish I could be at the drop. But, you know, I got, again, the state tournament. But, you know, this is going to be a brim for that collection. We got the corduroy brim orange under visor. And I think the team logo side patch on the side here. Um, we'll take the, the headphones off so you can see. But um, this is one of the hats that I think a lot of people are sleeping on because we did see that Happy Gilmore is going to release. Um, and I think also the Wild Seattle is going to release as well, too. So, you know, a lot of people are going to be after those hats. But this one right here, this one is the one I'm telling you guys that a lot of people are going to be sad that they missed out on because it's actually modeled after a game that we used to play back on Sega Dreamcast called jet set radio and for those people that don't know go you know google that up but i do have two hat pickups as well from two other places besides my fittings that i wanted to share with you all this one right here again like i said could this have been the one to save hat club all right this was the ocean drive hat with the shea stadium patch peach under visor flat batterman in the back you know i really like this hat but you know i, I wanted to show it again because you know, the hype that's been around these Ocean Drive hats has been 100% real, man. Um, you know, we saw that other, you know, teams did sell out in that collection. But a lot of people have been saying, well, how come some of the hats, you know, haven't sold out from a hat club on here? And, you know, it's one of those things of, 
you know, constantly, what do you want? Do you want the hats to be so unaccessible for people that the resale price skyrockets up and then you have to wind up paying two fifty for a hat that you might have been retail for sixty, right? But that's the thing that that's tough about the hat game. The exclusivity of these hats is what constantly is driving things up. And then you have Hat Club who could have been upping up their stock so that everybody has more access to the hats. You know, at times, we, we also don't want people to have the same thing that we have. But at the same time, it's that, again, that, that balance of do you want the hats to be so exclusive people can't get them? Or do you want to have so many of the hats that everybody has a chance to rock what they want? And that's what I think is this this collection. That's why I wanted to bring this out again because the question about this is, you know, does Hat Club want their hats to be more accessible for everybody or are they just, you know, in this process of not being able to compete with a MyFitness who's coming out with some super different stuff that we haven't seen before? But I tell you what, my boy Koo might have stolen the week here with surprisingly, and, and and I'm so happy because Koo always told me, he's like, yo, Mets hats don't sell. People don't want to buy Mets hats. Well, guess what, Koo? Shove it, bro, because you sold out of the Mets hat here, and he'd been teasing me for weeks. For weeks, I'd been telling Jeff, yo, I seen this hat. It's going to be fire, bro. It's going to drop, and I got you. And we had to wait a couple months for this, but it finally dropped. Not too many times do you see the Mr. Met hat. Here we got the Navy running Mr. Met with the 2015 World Series patch. Again, this hat is something that you don't really see too often with Mets hats. You know, we got the World Series patch 2015. We didn't win that one. So a lot of times you don't like to see people use the patch of the World Series you didn't win. But I personally tend to like this one because it's not used as much. And then the Mr. Met, uh, the running man, I wish it was used a lot more. But it's a classic look, man. We got the uh, raised batterman in the back. But the thing that makes and sets this hat off is the khaki, all right? The khaki. This could have easily been a dope hat with a gray. He could have easily went with a silver to match the metallic threading. But like my boy Eric Rivera said, ECAP City is on the map. I seen people lined up in front of there to try and get that Astros hat, to try and get that Cubs hat. But, again, it's so good to see these other hat stores out there putting the pressure on a hat club putting the pressure on a my fitteds and you know hopefully in the next week to come you know you guys are going to see some more of the heat that they're going to be dropping and hopefully i can get my hands on some of them so i can preview them for you on the show but we got HatCon, i mean capcon excuse me which is coming up next week may 14th i'm super excited about this i'm going to be posting it you know the info to all my socials if you guys can it's going to be at the Metropolitan Pavilion in New York City from 12 to 7, all right? May 14th. Every and every hat influencer, creator you know is going to be there. I'm super excited to have a booth with my boy Kenny Liu. Um, you know, my mom, she started out selling her, you know, wedding equipment and, and stuff, her 
out of the uh, flea market and you know having and setting up booths has been something that even my dad has done with um selling trading cards back in the day you know selling things is something that has been in my blood and you know to not only sell something that can make you money but sell something that you've created yourself i think that's the biggest rush along with the competitive rush of the competition that really gets me going you know i love being able to you know take my thoughts take my feelings my emotions and put them into a product or into merchandise that i can say this was me and have other people rock out with it and for the most part i've been very blessed that my friends and family have rocked out with the things that i've put out but capcom is truly a test of people that have no reason to rock with my stuff to see if they rock with it right and i think that you know, it's a great test. Again, we talked about testing yourself, challenging yourself, seeing what exactly you can do when you put these challenges in front of your face. That is the biggest difference as far as getting success and sustaining success. And on that note, I love you all, man. This is the Talk That Talk Show. Episode 156 is in the books. Talk that talk. My boy Theo says Capcom is going to be a movie. Yes, it is. And I'm so happy to be one of the directors of that movie because, you know, it, it's it's so important, again, to test yourself and to see just as far as you can go and just, you know, bringing other people along with you, too. You know, seeing Jeff being so excited that I got him one of these hats so that, you know, he can go out there and you know, have his hat on and be a part of Capcom, you know, seeing Lenny who comes up to me and says, you know, I can't wait to go to your store and buy up all your pins. You know, the support of people and the support of you all who come here on this show every week and rock out with me, you know, it makes me the most fulfilled person in the world. Um, I, I feel blessed to come to you guys every week to have my Aunt Doris who loves this show on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, to have those other people who come up to me and, you know, tell me about my show and tell me things they want to hear about on the show. You know, it's a responsibility that I don't take lightly and I appreciate it to the fullest, man. Um, you know, we're going to open up the opportunities for some new sponsorships out there. Um, you know, I appreciate you all who continue to tune in and, and, you know, rock out with me. Um, this show continues to build. It continues to be a flagship for consistency. And as long as I'm breathing, you know, this is what is going to happen every single Friday or every single week, whether I have something going on or not. You know that at some point I'm going to record an episode of the Talk That Talk show. And, you know, the final things that I want to say to you guys before I hop off the air here is, you know, I saw a quote that really meant something to me. It, it really resonated with me. And the quote said, you know, the goal of life isn't to live forever. It's to create something that does. So, you know, so often, so much people want to, you know, get caught up in living, living, living. And, you know, I don't want people to take, you know, what I'm saying in the wrong way because life is super important. But also the, you know, again, what this quote says is, you know, what are you going to remember for beyond your natural life? You know, what is it, what legacy are you leaving behind? And I think that with this Talk That Talk show, each and every week, 
I'm continuing to, you know, build and create this legacy of episodes that you all can have, you know, beyond this life and beyond, you know, anything. Because, you know, to be able to educate people with and influence them to go in the right direction is something that, you know, truly is inspirational, not only to the people of, that listen to this show, but it continues to inspire me every single day because the things that I tell you all are things that I have to live my life by. Otherwise, I'm a fraud. Why would you listen to this show, right? So, you know, I continue to learn more about myself as I continue to create content for you all for this Talk That Talk show. So thank you all for being a part of this vulnerability each and every week. Thank you all for lending your listening ears to me. And don't, you know, be afraid to challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to test yourself and see just how far you can go because, like I said, you never know just how far you can go. And big shout out to my boy Kenny Liu. He says, Garden State Collaborative active tomorrow in store at MyFitness Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, shit. My boy Kenny waited to tell me the good news, and he tells me on the live. Oh, my gosh. For so long, you know, we've been teasing it for you guys. For so long, we have been saying, hey, we're going to potentially have these uh, pins in store. You know, I've been rocking out. Uh, I actually was on the street last weekend at the drop and, you know, selling some pins and seeing the reaction from people. And it was so humbling. But to have a third chance to sell out in stores at MyFitness, uh, you know, it's great, great news. So once again, big shout out to Kenny Lou for rocking out with me and giving me this great news, you know. You know, as the Garden State Collaborative, you know, we're continuing to see just how far we can go and, you know, just what type of movies we can make, man. And, you know, I'm excited that we're going to have the drop in store. I wish I could be there. Um, Kenny did say the colors that we're going to have is going to be the orange and the lavender. All right. Um, especially with you see the uh, the hats that are dropping at uh, my fizz tomorrow those are going to be two pins that you really want to going to try and get your hands on to try and match and then again the rest of the colorways we will be dropping at capcon new york city so if you want a chance before capcon to get two of those ones that are going to release Go on and get yourself at MyFitness tomorrow and uh, pick up one of those. I think we only got 12 in store or maybe we might have 12, 15 in store. So you don't want to be one of those people that's missed out. So we're giving you the inside scoop now. Go to MyFitness, get yourself a not for sale pin and make sure you, uh, you know, you know, rock out with us in the Garden State Collaborative because, you know, with me and Kenny Lou, we're two guys that, you know, just truly love hats. You know, we love creating and, and just, you know, putting on for the hat community, man. And, you know, the the same things are the same things lie with this, you know, Talk That Talk Show podcast community. And also what we're trying to build with Garden State Collaborative is that, you know, we just want to highlight the successes of ourselves and the other people that we choose to, you know, surround ourselves with. So once again, thank you so much for rocking out with us. Check us out on TalkThatTalkShow.com. Uh, we'll have all the newest episodes and every of your new content and picture-wise. You go to the website, it'll have everything there for you. If you're going to MyFitness tomorrow, please pick yourself up an orange or a lavender not-for-sale pin because we are active in-store tomorrow at MyFitness. You know, I love you all. Thank you so much for rocking out with me. And hey, I'll see you next week for episode 150.